Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Jeremiah chapter number 10 this morning, where I'm taking my text from, Jeremiah chapter number 10. What season are we in? Christmas season. Uh, It's more than holidays. This is the season that we celebrate something. What are we celebrating? The birth of Jesus, the Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father, the only way, truth, and life, the only way you're going to get to heaven is by and through Him. You won't accidentally stumble into heaven. You're not, somebody's not going to pay your way in. Priests can't pray you in. The only way you're going to get in, and here's the only way, you must be born again. There's no in-between. No, I'm going to just kind of slide down the side. No, you must be born again. And so uh, we are in the Christmas season. He was birthed. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you wonder why Christ was born, that's why he came to this world. He's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, before the world was ever made. Jesus knew what it was going to require in order to have his creation in heaven with him because he knew man would fall and uh, he knew that he would have to die in order that we could go to heaven. And uh, he done that according to the scripture and I believe the book. Jeremiah chapter number 10, this is a bunch. uh, So this time of the year, I am, uh, I have, uh, I've learned a thing or two. I used to be real hard against some things because that's how I was taught when I was uh, uh, young and, and hadn't read the Bible for myself. So I was real hard uh, about uh, celebrations of Christmas and, uh, and Christmas trees. And I was just kind of a Scrooge, just to be honest. And uh, uh, that's that just from ignorance is what that was. And, uh, and so... Uh, it's all right to be ignorant, but you can't help stupid. If you're there, you're in a bad place. But if you're, but if you're ignorant, you can come out of that. You can learn. And uh, so in Jeremiah chapter number 10, this is a much uh, controversial verse. When I was a boy, I'd heard this read, and, and they'd say, that's why you can't have one of these things. It's against God. I was just a boy, and I believed what the old preachers said. They didn't know much, but what they knew, sometimes they was wrong. Just how it is. Say, you know everything, oh, no. No, I'm wrong a lot of times myself, but I try to learn and uh, pray that I'll be a help today. So before I read this today, I normally read my scripture or my text and then give you a title, but I want to title this message today, Time to put up the tree. Can I have a show of hands by who does not have her Christmas tree up yet? It's time to put up the tree. Hear ye the word which the Lord, Jeremiah 10 verse number 1, hear ye the Lord word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. So we know he's speaking to the children of God. Say, that's not us. I'm grafted in. Praise God. I was the wild olive tree. He put me right in there. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. They're 
they're zodiac followers. They're following the stars. They're looking for the stars to sell them something. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest. The work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day. These that have gathered, help me in this today, Lord. God, you spoke to my heart. You touched me and the power of the Lord this morning. I pray, God, you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me like days of old. God, with strength and unction and anointing and liberty. And let us be accurate in the scriptures and touch the hearts of the people and be glorified by your word and save the ones here today that are unsaved. For your glory and honor, I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Uh, what we have here is Jeremiah talking about an idol. This is an idol. They go out into the woods, they cut her down. They take that thing and the workman, that's referring to the man's hands, the workman makes it into fashion or shape of something. Then they deck it with silver and gold and it can't stand on its own. So what they do is they fasten it to the floor. They nail her down. That's how hillbilly lingo right here. Nail her down. And there it is. And it can't do no good for you. And it can't do no evil against you. It's just standing there. Why? Because it's something dead out of the woods made by the workman's hand. It is of no benefit other than the eye. You might look at it and appreciate it for what it is in its beauty. But it is not a God. Some would worship those kind of things, Brother Randy. The prophet saying, hey, it's the Lord who is great. Pay no mind to the things that men have made. No matter how they've decorated it. No matter what it looks like. It is, in, it is no how, no way, any form in reference to a Christmas tree. Now, we, uh, we have a Christmas tree out in the fellowship hall. It's beautiful. Michael does a bang up job decorating that tree. He takes great pride in the tree. If you don't like that tree, just don't say nothing. But if you like that tree, hallelujah, I had nothing to do with it. Brother Michael put that thing up, decorated, and it's 
It's pretty every year. And what we do is we, we draw names during, during Sunday school hours. Some don't agree with this. We don't make you do it. And if we drew a name, we buy a gift and hope that somebody would buy it. If they drew our name, we'll buy a gift. We bring them in on the 18th next Sunday night. We'll bring them in there. We'll put them under the tree. We'll, we'll get together. We'll fellowship and have food. And it's a joyous time. Nothing wrong with any of those things. As a matter of fact, 600 years before the birth of Christ, Jeremiah the prophet lived, they don't even, they never heard tale of a Christmas tree. He's talking about an idol. Can I give you just a little history on the Christmas tree this morning? Just a little bit. I'll be done in about... 25 minutes, if you'll bear with me, I'll try to make it quicker than that. It's the 16th century before Christmas trees come on the scene. So that's a long time after the birth of Jesus, Brother Dennis, that somebody cut a tree and brought it in and adored that thing. And it was this. Now, tradition teaches us this. Most everybody in here today knows who Martin Luther is. Do you know who that is? The great reformer who told the Catholic church and he told them to stick it in their ear and he nailed the thesis on the door. He had read Romans and got gloriously saved and said, you guys have been wrong all these years. How do you know that? Because the Holy Ghost, the Spirit guides us in all truth. And the Spirit of God guided him. He understood what it was. He got saved and he told the Catholic Church, he went, he may not have Archie bunkered, but he, he, he told them to forget it. They say that tradition teaches that one night he is walking through the forest, the snow was on the trees, and when he looked up, he saw the moon shining on the limbs. It looked like a million diamonds hanging on that tree. And when he got home, he took his tree that he had and he took uh, some sort of metal tin and he got a bunch of candles and he tied the tins to the tree, put the candles in them and lit that thing. He's living on the wild side, I'm telling you. It's dangerous what he's doing. But he looked at that tree all aglow and thought, my, that's beautiful. Now we don't know the mind of Martin Luther. We don't know what he thought that represented. But let me give you some illustrations of old. That was prior to the 16th century. The Egyptians used to bring the green bows in. Number one, they're evergreens. They don't die. They live year round. The Egyptians brought them in to celebrate life over death. The Romans brought these greeneries into their homes in the wintertime around the, the, the winter solstice, shortest time of the year. They brought them in to remember that soon we're at the, it's as dark as it's going to get. Soon the days are going to get longer and the fields are going to be full and productive. Now, the Celts, Brought it in to symbolize everlasting life. I kind of like those guys. That's kind of where I'm from. The Vikings 
brought them in for a special meaning to the sun god, S-O-N. Uh, I think they missed it just a little. Or the S-U-N, if they'd got the S-O-N, they'd have been spot on. The first recorded Christmas tree in America is in the 1830s. And the Germans had caught it, passed down from Luther. And when they showed up in Pennsylvania, they started cutting trees and bringing them in their house and decorating. And then the English seen it. And you know what the English do. They like everything everybody else does. And so they saw it and they said, whoa, I, I kind of like that. And here they go. And now they're seeing what the Germans are doing. And, but there's always somebody that don't like what you're doing. So the Puritans had a law passed, let me, way back before the Christmas tree was ever brought in by the Germans, back nearly 1700, the Puritans had a law passed in Massachusetts that said, if you decorate anything at Christmas other than to celebrate the birth of Christ, there's gonna be a penalty. We're gonna put you in jail and fine you. And the law passed. The Germans didn't care. They weren't in Massachusetts. So they started putting up the trees. And everybody liked what they was doing. My study said this, by the 1890s, ornaments had arrived from Germany and everybody wanted them to decorate their trees. Now I'm thinking on this message and I think of Granny Stevens, Manny. Manny had the worst looking Christmas trees of anybody that ever put one up. I mean, the tops was bowed down. She'd throw a little string of popcorn around it. A bow or two, a ball would just pull the limbs. She'd just go out and pull up a pine tree somewhere, shove it in a coffee can, throw some gravel in it and throw some stuff on it. And when you walked in the house, she'd say, what do you think of my Christmas tree? And we all lied. You've seen Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. It weren't that good. I'm thinking about this last night. But that thing represented something to Granny. It, it, it said this. Number one, it said that the family's going to be coming here pretty soon. And they're going to get together. And I'm going to see every grandchild and every great-grandchild. They're all going to come by, and I'm going to give them whatever kind of gift. You never knew what Granny is going to buy. Sometimes it was, it was just unusual things. But she knew there's all coming. And that meant a lot, that, that meant everything to her, that they're going to get together. Now, I want to throw, I want to throw a, a few things at you this morning real quick concerning this. That, that's the origin of the tree and the customs concerning the tree and what we do today. Most everybody in the room, there, was, there wasn't a lot that said their tree wasn't up, by the way. So if your tree isn't up, you're in the minority. But here's what we do. Well, I should say, this is what my wife does. It's not that I'm a Scrooge anymore or don't like it or 
And it represents something to me different than it used to, Gordon. Uh, she said, you got old and soft. I said, that's exactly right, I have. But Pat will go down to the shed or the box that's out in the garage and drag that thing out and open it up and pulls out this tree. I don't have to cut nothing. She takes that thing and she starts unfolding the limbs. The limbs fold up on it. She starts unfolding them limbs and what, Donnie, you know, you live in that, hey, hey, I'm not even going down that road. I'm just saying, somebody, a little bird told me, if you want to see a decoration, you ought to visit Sandy's house. Unfolds a tree, and you know, number one, here's what you do with, with the, I, want, I want us to consider the display of the tree. Do you put that tree together? Unfold it and shove it in a closet somewhere. No, you got it out of the closet or out of the shelf or out of the shed or down from the attic, wherever it was at. I want you to consider the display of the tree. You know what we do? There's a place that's prepared just for that tree. Now, sometimes there's even things that's got to be moved we're going to have to move some stuff because, hey, i got to put the tree right there. Is anybody with me? I'm talking to somebody this morning. We prepare the place to put the tree, and the tree always goes here in a prominent place. How many, can, how many people, they can see your tree from outside your house? Oh, yeah, we got some honest folk in here. And you put that tree up, man, and hey, there it is. Oh, it's going, oh, no. It's not done. It's just a tree standing there in its place of prominence. Everybody can see it when they come through the front door. If you can't see it from outside, how many would be honest when you come through the front door, you can see the tree? I'm not getting much out of this yet, preacher. You just keep on, I mean, I'm nowhere near done. And then we're going to not only display, we're going to decorate the tree. Now comes the decoration. And we get out stuff. (laughs) Thank you. Sometimes God just cuts you off right in the middle of a message and says, don't go down that road. You know what that means? He just saved my bacon. That's what that means. (laughs) Save my bacon. I'm like Joe, I'm like Joe Talbert. Get back to the notes, preacher. And it's like those that came from Germany. There's many types of ornaments. Some like the big balls, all different colors. Some don't like nothing but lights. Some like candles and bows and country Christmas, city Christmas, whatever kind of Christmas it is. And they put so much stuff on the tree, you can't even see the tree. But it's in all its splendor. And it's pretty. My wife even sticks a squirrel in the tree. And if you know what that means, you're like me. Shame on us. 
And there's all kinds of ornaments. But here's what, the, here's what Google said was the most common. The top of the tree. Now, I, I said, is it an angel or is it a star? It said one or the other, but the most common is the star. Lisa's with me if nobody else is. <laughs> There's not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> not a doubt. And there's a star on top of that tree. Now, our star is so heavy, I have to, I have to do a little engineering to just get, even get it stand up there. Because you put the star on there, Big J, and it just pulls the thing over and it falls off. Tears all the lights off. <laughs> Stuff everywhere. And then you have to redo. And I don't like doing it at all. I really don't like redoing it. Tommy, are you doing any decorating? Yeah, just like me. Praise God for an honest man. But the most common is a star on top of that. Does anybody in this room know what that star is a symbol of? Who was it that saw a star from the east and meant they headed west to see who it was? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he at? What do we put on that thing? I'm telling you, all them decorations now, they remember something to me. That life, that tree, though it's artificial, it's green, which speaks of eternal life. Though I see all them lights, some of them's gold and red and all different colors. Blue speaks of the heavenly. Hey, I, all these different things. I'm looking at that now, Mark, and I'm thinking, praise God, every time I see that star, I thought it took a little effort to make that thing stand up there, but it didn't take God no effort at all. He put that star in the sky, and I'm telling you, they could see it. They could follow the star right to where he was. And when that star's on, I'm thinking, praise God, one night in Bethlehem, there's a star stood over a stable and they saw that thing. Hey, listen, it was bright. The glory of heaven shone round about it. But here's one you know what? So Pat's mama would never take the Christmas tree down. Till what day, Brother Brantz? After New Year, you, you could say something. Are you with me, Lisa? You never know who's going to be the one gets with you in a message. And just to be honest, she wasn't the one I was expecting. But there it is. And what do you do after New Year's? You take her down. You're done. Why is that? Because the thing's temporary. I mean, we put it up this year, but you know what? The sad reality is next year we might not be around to put that tree up. As a matter of fact, there's probably somebody in this sanctuary today that won't be here this time next year and say, you're preaching uh, sad stuff to us at Christmas time. To live is Christ and to die is gain. That's not, that's not for the ones that's left behind. It's difficult for them. But for the one that leaves here, they just got the prize. So what's the duration of the tree? Well, we just take her down. What do we do with it? Take all the ornaments off. Pat takes all the ornaments off. She winds up all the lights, puts it all, packages that thing. Got it where it'll fit in that chest, I'm telling you. She's a genius to even be able to get all of that in that little chest, gets it in that chest. There's all the stuff, the lid's closed on it. 
and we know where the tree is. Where's the tree? In the chest. Where's that? In the garage, under the shelf. I walked by it and looked at cedar chest that Uncle Clarence made us and think, tree's in that chest. I can't see that tree, but I know where it's at. Now, I'll try to do this in five minutes so you can get into the Cracker Barrel. I'm studying this morning and the Holy Ghost got all over me in my study. I mean, unusually on me. He, um, he's always waiting on me when I get in there with my coffee and my Tootsie Rolls and the Word of God. And it's all in there. Got one little light on. It's dim in the room. And I sit down at the desk and I put my head on my Bible. And I say, Father, here I am again. It's Sunday morning. You need to feed your people. If you don't give it to me, I can't give it to them. Now you fill me up and I'll put it down so I won't forget it. And God met with me this morning. And Randy, I thought about the display of the tree. And my mind, my mind floods back to Genesis chapter number 22. Because from this time, it's going to be 600 and some years that there's going to be another tree put up. And you know what? God had the place picked out for that tree. When you go to Genesis chapter 22, you're going to find a man by the name of Abraham. And Abraham's got a boy by the name of Isaac. And God's going to tell Abraham to take Isaac, thy son, thine only son, into a mount that I will show thee, Mount Moriah. You know where Mount Moriah is at? It's in Jerusalem. It's where the city sets. So you know what God was doing? He was preparing him a place to display the tree. And he's going to put it up on this hill. And that's the same hill that Isaac laid up on the altar. And Abraham was going to kill his son. And God stayed his hand. He said, you proved to me that you love me more than you love your boy. And because you've done that, I'm going to supply. And he turns around. There's a realm. They sacrifice the realm. But on that same mount, I believe in my soul. I believe the same spot that Abraham had that altar and had that boy laid on it was the prepared place that 1,500 years from this date or a little more, there's going to be another tree put in the ground. The Bible had said, Cursed is every man that hangeth on the tree. And it was on display. John said it like this. Let me get the exact verse in case you want to research it. John said it like this in John 19 and 20. He said it was nigh the city where Jesus carried the cross beam of the cross. It was nigh the city on a hill called Calvary, the Mount of Moriah. We see the display of the tree. It's in a prominent place. Everybody walking by, coming to and from the city that day, can see the tree and those hanging on the tree. Is anybody with me this morning? Then we see the decoration of that tree. Here's what it is. 
Oh, God touched me right here. This. I see the decoration of that tree. You know what tops that tree that day? It's not a star. It's a sign. And you know what that sign says that's on top of that tree that day where Jesus is going to hang? Now, I'm speaking of the cross. The Bible referred to it as a tree. You know what's on top of that? A sign that says this. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And it made them all mad. It made the religious people mad because they called him. You know what? It, that sign's true. Who is this? This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Can I tell you, he's more than the king of the Jews. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Praise God, he's the savior of the world. He's the lamb of God. He's the light, the bread, the water. He's every good thing that you've ever had. Hey, and that tree is decorated with two things. Other than the sign, we have a body and we have blood. We have a body and we have blood. What about the duration of that tree? That tree's not on Calvary. Brother Grover and me, myself, Sister Mary, some others have been over there to the place they call Golgotha, the place of the skull. It looks like a skull from the parking lot. When you look at it, especially from a side view, it, it's in the shape of a skull, that hillside where he was up on. I believe Gordon's got it pretty right when in that place of the tomb, and there it is. But the duration of that tree, I could not find this, and I researched this for a couple of hours trying to find this. If you find it and show, tell me about it, I'd appreciate it. But you know that Jesus didn't t- carry the entire cross. Because a beaten man, number one, he couldn't hardly carry the cross beam. And you know what? I've heard me tell it over and over. Simon the Cyrenian carried it because walking out the gate was a Roman law that passing through the gate with the bar meant you was guilty and he was guiltless. So Simon rightfully carried the cross outside the gate. Whether they put it back on him or not, possibility. But there's a pole standing there, a piece of a tree. And my thought was, late last night, was anybody else pulled up on that? Minus the crossbar. Did they leave the punishing pole in the ground? And just most scholars agree they hoist them up on the crossbar which pulls their shoulders out of joint and then nail their feet to the vertical bar or the punishing pole. And there he hangs between heaven and earth. And he, he endured the cross despising the shame. You know what that means? He was naked. They stripped his, they parted his garments that means they took his clothes and they gambled for his clothes. That's enough to keep you from gambling right there. They gambled for the clothes of Christ. And there's the vertical. And the horizontal bar has fallen down into the slot to hold it. And then they nail his feet to the vertical pole. Did they reuse? 
I looked and looked and looked, and no one even mentioned that. Did they reuse that vertical pole? I'm going somewhere. But they took him down off of that. When they took him down, they took the crossbar down, would have come down with him. They would have hoisted it down on the ground. They would have removed the spikes. They begged Joseph of Arimathea, begged the body of Jesus. Mark said he craved it. He craved the body of Jesus. And they bound him up. And they put him away. But God knew where he was. They couldn't keep him put away. Because he rose, he remained seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's going to return one day for all them that are his. Somebody said, you don't know what time of year Christmas was. I agree, the Bible's not, uh, it doesn't give us a specific date or time. It's a faith book. You just have to take it for what it says and believe it. But I know this. I know that in the month, last part of March, they would have chosen a lamb to have been the sacrifice in the temple on Passover day. And if you go nine months from the time that the lambs were chosen, you're going to wind up in December. I'm not saying that dates it. I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? That nine months from the time the lamb was chosen, that we celebrate the birth of the lamb of God. I thought that was pretty good. Saying that's it, preacher, I don't, I, I don't need that, but that's, that's pretty good. The crossbar, I think, personally, can't prove it. Traditionally, historically, I've tried to find it, couldn't, couldn't find it. But in my heart, I thought, you know what? Jason, they didn't waste them crossbars. Wood was at a premium back then. You know what they done? They left that thing sticking in the ground. By all reasonable expectation, that bar stayed in the ground. And I think it's a picture of what happens for us. You know why, Matthew? Because I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God, I'm telling you, I've been to Calvary. I've been on the pole. Was you crucified? No, but he was, and I'm in him, and he done it for me. Praise God, I'm telling you, it's time to put up the tree. If I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in the cross. I got nothing else. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but to us that are saved it is the power of God what a savior on the tree when I see the light zone I say glory is the light of the world when I see the star I say he's the star of David when I see the evergreen I've got everlasting life when I see the presence I think of the gifts I'm glad I'm glad for the king today
If you're here and you're unsaved, it's time to put up your tree. How do I do that? By accepting what the King of Glory done on an old rugged cross. That's how you put up the tree. Do you know you're going to heaven? Do you know you're going? Do you think you're going? Won't make it. I know we got a lively hope, but it's more than hope. You got to know you're going. I don't know if I'm going to make it home this afternoon, Cameron, but I know I'm going to heaven. You can't know that. Yes, you can. How do you know that? But the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Don't tell me I don't know. I know it. I know that. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know that today? Would you stand and bow your heads as Verena begins to play soft? Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.